Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Walking Magazine. My name is David Walker, one of the editors bringing you the issue for March 2018 and I hope you're doing well. I hope that uh, this year is going well for you. I just really want it to be spring already even though it technically is. doesn't feel like it where I'm from um, in Massachusetts. But anyway, this issue is going to be something a little different. Usually we stick to one genre in the issue, but uh, we're gonna mix it up a little bit because we got a, a really short flash fiction for you, and then uh, we're gonna bring you some poetry. So let's get straight into the flash. Uh, it is Dina Algenides' story 30, and right now you're hearing my cat in the background. Sorry for that, but um, this story is is really wonderful. And, and heartbreaking um, because I think that it does, it, it takes this really practical look at mortality and um, planning life around mortality. So uh, I really hope you enjoy this story. It's really interesting. And, and here we go. Dina Algenides story 30 with accompaniment by my cat. My name is Dina Algenidi, and this story is titled 30. The date was going perfectly well until he mentioned that every 10 years he gets brain hemorrhages. Excuse me, Fiona said. He took a sip of his beer as she stared up into his eyes and began to smile, unsure if he was joking. He went on to explain that the first one happened at age 11, and Fiona, gripping her own beer, let the smile fade from her face as she realized that this was no joke. He said he was at home, and it started with a headache developing into a migraine that his parents didn't take seriously until he passed out. When he woke, he found himself in a hospital bed, his parents standing over him, looks of panic in their faces. He continued to speak, and Fiona watched his mouth move, tuning out as he went on about the possible medical causes, the treatments, she switched her gaze from his mouth to his hand, which wrapped itself around his glass of beer. She leaned in, pretending to listen, when suddenly she heard the word stroke and looked back up, this time meeting his eyes again, which were a golden brown, lighter than hers. You had a stroke at age 11, Fiona said? Yeah, and then again at 21. She remembered from his dating profile that he was 30. At the time, she thought that was too old, a whole five years older than she, but she swiped right anyway, his eyes and smile drawing her in. She dreaded the day of her big 3-0, joking even of wanting to die young, possibly on the eve of her 30th birthday. She couldn't bear getting older, her skin sagging and wrinkling. She feared her worth lied in her youth, and that youth was quickly fading. Every 10 years, she repeated his words back to him. In the hour and a half they'd been at the bar, she was beginning to like him, but she couldn't date someone who might die at any moment. Though, of course, anyone might die at any moment, but this man, he was due for another brain hemorrhage, another stroke. One might survive a stroke at 11, at 21, but a third stroke at 31? Fiona was too young to be a widow, too young, even, to grieve. Do you always know when it's happening? she asked. It starts with a headache, he said, and I never get headaches. He moved his fingers up to his forehead, 
clustering them and pushing the skin together as he pressed down. Fiona focused on his eyes again, golden brown eyes that held a strange magnetic pull. She leaned her body forward, angling her chair toward his. I never get headaches, he continued. Last time, I called an ambulance, and they wouldn't come right away. They said a headache wasn't an emergency, but I knew. I insisted they come. Luckily, I didn't pass out until after they arrived. She pictured herself a year from now, adorned in black at his funeral. She would be 26, wasting her youth on grief. A part of her liked the melodrama, the idea of tragedy, but only in the abstract. So Fiona decided then that this would be their last date. This was all too much for her, dating someone who might die in a year. He asked her to come back to his place that night, and she agreed. She stayed the night, and in the morning, as she put her clothes back on, he asked when he'd see her again. I'm sorry, she wanted to say. I can't date you because I'm afraid you'll die. Instead, she told him to text her, knowing full well that she wouldn't answer, or that she'd provide one of her standard excuses, that she's too busy to date, maybe. This way, she wouldn't grieve for him. She wouldn't even miss him. This story is a little different from what I usually write because I'm used to writing longer works of fiction. My short stories have typically been longer and I'm working on a novel at the moment, but more recently I've been focused on flash fiction like this. I'm finding that it's easy for me to create these characters and write about one moment in their lives. So in this story, we don't really have a lot of context regarding the protagonist's background or motivations. We're just dropped into this scene, this moment in her life, and we don't know her at all. I kind of like that experience of reading and writing. I'm trying to read more flash fiction right now. I recently read Lydia Davis's short story collection, Varieties of Disturbance. And while my writing style is very different from hers, I feel like I learned a lot about the art of writing brief, concise stories. So when I was trying to determine which poem to pair up with this story, um, Claire Doble's Homeland was the only one that really seemed to work for me. Um, and I really can't explain it other than the fact that the the tone of it just kind of seems to, to fit with uh, the story here. And it's it's a wonderful poem in its own right. And I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. This is Claire Doble's Homeland. Homeland by Claire Doble. I carry in my body none of the soil of my homeland. There's a pin in my arm possibly made in California, not my homeland, and rings in my nose, ears, made from metals of the earth, who knows where from. Aren't we all citizens of the earth anyway? Does the dirt of birthplace matter when after seven years, all the cells of the body regenerate. Memories are not stored in cells, nor behind bars. 
they spool out like the tattered string on yesterday's balloon. The showground smell of coloured hairspray. Remember that? An exciting scent, known but unknown. While at home, age seven, I would drape my single bed quilt around my shoulders. Saturday morning, to the living room, to watch cartoons. A royal robe of delft blue and red. Now I wear that cloak of my past unseen. It drags behind me, pleasantly weighted with the dust of a thousand dead conversations. Pull the covers over my head and breathe the soft fug of my unsoiled body. Wrecked and ravaged, only seven years old. My eyes are wet and my homeland is crumbs in my bed. The process of writing and recording Homeland. I was inspired to write this poem by a prompt for immigrant poetry. Uh, I'm an immigrant myself, or you could say expat, uh, but I won't get into the semantics of those two right now. Um, I moved from Australia to London. Um, I was there for about seven years, and then about four years ago, I relocated to Switzerland. So I think about the immigrant experience quite a bit. And I guess I do feel homesick for Australia, but also for my past, my childhood. Uh, and I just started thinking about whether when the body regenerates and you're in a new place, what do you carry with you of your homeland? What have I ingested of my past? In terms of recording the piece, I've been doing spoken word stuff for about a year now, and my process is to record, listen, record, listen, until I'm happy with it. Um, it's a bit of a fine balance. I guess I often reach a point where it seems to start getting worse or sounding tired, so that's when I stop. Um, done is better than perfect, is one of my mottos. Anyway, I've really enjoyed writing and recording this piece for Golden Walkman. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, my name's Claire Doble, and you can read more from me at clairevetica.wordpress.com. So that does it for this issue of Golden Walkman magazine. I'm David Walker. I really hope you enjoyed this issue and that you enjoy what we're doing here. Um, uh, special thanks to Joey Gould, the other editor, who really, you know, he motivates me to keep putting these out and um, he really helps to make this magazine what it is. And uh, again, really, really, really thank you to the contributors and I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you, the listener, because again, without you, I, I, I don't know what this would be. So um, if you really like what we're doing here, Please share it with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe. 
etc. You know, all those other things that other podcasts ask you to do. Um, and if you want to become a contributor yourself, go to our website, goldwalkmag.com, and learn how to do just that um, to submit to us. And, and hopefully, you know, uh, we like what you send us and your voice will be coming through here soon. Um, we are going to be at Mass Poetry Festival in Salem, so come visit us there. We're going to have a live version of our dialogue submissions, which is something I've wanted to do for so long, and I'm really glad that we get the chance to do it. So that's that. Um, way more stuff coming up. Um, but, you know, just come back and listen to us and, and see what we got going on. Um, updates on the website. Okay, so that's it for me. Hope to hear from you soon.